Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. And I must be your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how's it going? <laughs> it's all right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're now, I feel like, you know, we are now, we're a minute 77. I feel yep. like it's like all downhill from here or... I, I forget. The destruction of the Enterprise is a, a big deal for me, and I joked about it uh, in our last episode. Like, all right, movie's mm-hmm. over, right? They blew up the Enterprise. <laughs> like, I, in, in some ways, I almost don't care about what happens in the rest of the movie, even though we're getting to the whole point of the movie now. Um, yeah, I, a little bit. I agree with you. Yeah, I just, I guess, I was, I'm much, much more affected by it than that I knew. Uh, so, well, you think like the destruction of the enterprise is like the penultimate moment in the movie. You're like, Oh my God. But you even said it. That's not why we're here. (laughs) That's not even, that's not even remotely. That's just a byproduct of them traveling to get here. Yeah. It's just a hurdle. Um, It's just a hurdle on their search for Spock and they still haven't found him. But it feels, it feels like so much more than just, a hurdle. It does. Yeah. Well, even logistically, like, well, man, how are they going to get home? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. They just lost their ride. Uh, but, but anyway, before we go any further, let's let's uh, let's intro the show. Let's do it. So, so we're uh, we're talking about mini, minute uh, we're talking about minute seventy seven of the search for Spock. Minute seventy seven starts with the Enterprise burning up in the atmosphere of Genesis. Ouch. Um, and ends <laughs> it ends with Kirk and company frantically searching for Spock. They are. You like like what I did there? I did. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it it starts off with you know we just we just ended the ended the previous minute with the mm. destruction of the Enterprise and, and Kirk saying my God bones what have I done and uh, this minute starts with uh, us watching. Enterprise burn up and Bones mm. replying, you know, you did what you had to do, what you always do, turn death into a fighting chance to live. Yeah. Uh, That's what he does. Yeah, I guess that is what he does, isn't it? He had a plan and he's carrying it out one step at a time, one minute at a time. Oh. So, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good line. It's a good summary. And, yep. Uh, of of Kirk and but uh, he definitely well I don't know Kirk almost looks like when you know when we when we cut back to Kirk he looks like you know he's uh, got steely eyed resolve and he, he's like yep you're right I did this for a reason I got a plan let's finish the plan well it's almost like that moment after he finds out um, David gets killed and he sort of just looks down and he shrugs his shoulder and he's like hmm, I, I I got a formula I'm formulating a plan. Let's do it. Let's move out. We're going to carry out this plan. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think he, he gets a little bit of that resolve back. I mean, after seeing, you know, another cherished friend zoom off into the, you know, nethers. 
yeah. so do we ever so do we ever figure out what happens to the enterprise i mean are we are we assuming that it 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 burns up in the atmosphere and destroys completely or do you think there's remnants <laughs> uh remnants in space or remnants no just well clearly it's like a you know this huge vessel and it's crashing to the planet do you think it completely burns up no no or do you think that there's like a you know a huge enterprise sized crater somewhere on the other side of the planet i do i think a chunk of it i think of a chunk of it yeah some some pieces hit hit the surface uh and uh, it also makes you wonder you know we talked about them not detonating the warp core but this right. isn't, isn't going to do that. You're burning up in the atmosphere, superheating it up in the atmosphere, and crashing onto the planet's surface. Oh, I don't know. None of those things is going to cause the warp core to breach. That'd be an interesting side element to the them landing is that they hear the just, just antimatter matter mix in the warp core, and uh, the whole thing just just takes out a chunk of Genesis. Does it pulls a praxis? Yeah. <laughs> That would be see you could do that right that could be you again let's rewrite the movie you you could um, you didn't have to have Genesis be unstable you know and mm. falling apart you could have just had when the Enterprise went around you know the other hemisphere warp core blew and just you know punctured a hole right through to the yeah yeah just just devastated the planet and then they had to get off so when they finally call us and you know. When uh, Paramount and you know the studios call us and they're going to remake the Search for Spock, we, we have all the answers for them. We got them all, man. Uh, before we move on, um, we get when Kirk, you know, gives his steely-eyed resolve here. You got Scotty is still looking up at the sky in horror. Yep. And yeah, I think we did. I think we talked about this a little while back about you know who who loves the ship more and right you know, is it you know is it Kirk is it Scotty I would think you know this is the same it just goes with right along with that conversation and you know Kirk is he's he's loved loved the Enterprise loved the mission loved being captain and yep. uh, loved the adventure and, and and Scotty loved the ship and so I think I think I think he can't look away I think he's like I. I can't believe she's gone. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I can't believe I'm, I'm watching this actually happen all the years. Right, yeah. Um, my ship. My, my ship. <laughs> my, are you seeing Scotty, like, tackle Kirk? <laughs> you bastard! Why? <laughs> I mean, well, he gave one of the codes, so he knew what was going down. Sure, yeah. He's, he's complicit? Yeah, he's complicit. Yeah. <clears throat> We get a good shot of Sulu uh, and Chekhov looking at the tricorder and uh, Sulu, planet core readings, unstable, changing rapidly. Yeah, we already knew that, man. Where have you been the rest of the movie? <laughs> We've all been watching it. Uh, <laughs> and, all right, and so here we, here we come to, I got a, I got a gripe. Uh, and not about Search for Spock, it's about Star Trek. So Kirk asks for, uh, what about surface life signs? Mm. And Sulu just points there. Um, so now, well, he doesn't even point. He just says there. Oh, he doesn't point. I oh no, he does point. Yeah, he does. Okay, he does point. Yeah, he's like there, right there. <laughs> now, uh, Star Trek. It always seems very convenient that they everybody beams down to within walking distance of the you know the people <clears throat> that they're they're they need to hook up with. And 
with all this troubles that was happening uh, uh, up in up in orbit with with the bird of prey and, and mm-hmm. all this unplanned activity with the uh, dead in the water and, and destroying the enterprise and uh, they were they were able to beam down in all of that close enough so they're just walking distance from from Savic. So um, I actually I actually had that question. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Did they take the time when they were setting up the destruction that McCoy and Cheka or McCoy and Sulu went down to the transporter room? Did they do any sort of scan? Like, were they able to do any sort of surface scan and be like, okay, well, we know the life forms are in this region, so we make sure we're near that. I mean, when we look at it last minute, they are what appears to be on some sort of giant mountain. Yeah. Yeah, that's which that that's a very iconic shot. Right. We stole it for our podcast cover. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we stole it. We oh, it was lovingly <laughs> we, we lovingly recreated it. <laughs> Sorry, the the lawyers of Star Trek minute now just went what? Shut up. <laughs> um, but I I have to believe that they and I, you know as I'm saying this they I have to believe that they did do some sort of scan and be like okay they're in you know region hemisphere sixty five seven mark you know whatever or yeah however you do the longitude and latitude I know I'm sounding like an idiot right now but <laughs> that's different from other not different from other times but um, I, I have to believe they did some sort of scan to see like okay life forms are in this region maybe they didn't have enough power or time to pinpoint exact location but maybe they could have done a region and been like okay we need to be here and this is the result gotcha gotcha yeah i'll, I'll buy that i think that's it's just but it's it always kind of bugged me i'm like it, yeah. it is convenient it's convenient just, that they're yeah they're right over there right because i mean savic and, and and spock could be you know say in north america let's use earth as reference and yeah. they could have beamed down to australia <laughs> right and be like, yeah, they'd be oh, in trouble. Yeah, I mean, it, he, he could be pointing in the right direction, but we got like a you know, ten thousand mile walk in front of us. <laughs> anyway, that's just one of my small Star Trek gripes. So along with that, do you think that the Klingons or Savik and Spock three saw the Enterprise zooming across the sky? Uh, you know, I would have thought so that they would have. But when we cut to to them, right? We cut to them in a few seconds here. Uh, they look like the part of the planet they're on is is pretty overcast. And yeah. So maybe they maybe yeah. maybe they didn't see it. No. Uh, so I would say no. Well, it does look overcast. You can still sort of see it though. Yeah, a little bit. Um, hard to say. Uh, maybe, but there's so much you know. There's so much that's happening right now with Spock. Right. Um, that I think Savick would be distracted. Plus, you know, David just died a couple minutes ago. True. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that Savick and Spock 3 necessarily would have seen it, but the Klingons, I think, are more concerned with what's going on with the planet. They seem to be very uneasy about what's going on around them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, some scary stuff happening. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't just bad weather. We got smoke coming out of the ground, uh, lightning, uh, earthquakes. Um, yeah, I don't even think they just. I, a part of me believes that they just don't understand human, you know, English, human language, mm-hmm. and I think they can only speak Klingon, and because uh, we only see them speaking Klingon, and we only see Krug speaking Klingon to them. So I'm wondering if they never understood when Savik was saying. 
plane's going to blow up. Oh, right. So they don't even, yeah, because they don't even have an idea, like, really what's going on. So they're even more unease, like, with all these tremors and, you know, the the, the steam escaping from the planet and the lightning and all this, all that stuff there. Just, like, what is going on here? Yeah. It's the end of the world. Yeah. They just know they're here on orders to, you know, keep them prisoner. And, you know, because he even tells them, when he tells them to kill them, doesn't he say that in Klingon? He's like, I, you know kill yeah. one i don't care you choose or whatever yeah i don't care which yeah yeah yeah, yeah so uh, now i'm wondering are you do you feel bad for these guys is that where you're headed with this you feel bad no they, they i don't feel bad for them at all <laughs> these klingons are jerks and they're gonna yeah. get what they deserve klingon bastards yeah they killed david as much as david was a big old whiner he didn't deserve to die he didn't deserve to die no so um this is an interesting minute in that um you know, obviously, the, we, we know about the planet hmm. falling apart, and we know that Spock is tied to the planet in some way. And this is really the first time we kind of get it, uh, we get to see it in action. There's, there's earthquakes happening, and we're seeing yep. Spock, Spock number three, just, you know, in terrible pain. And man, yes. Uh, he's, he doesn't even know what to do with himself. Like, he's just screaming bloody murder, and, they, and he gets up and runs. Yeah, that's a great that's a great moment where he screams and just lets it lets it all go back. You know, he just he just, he throws his head back and just lets it all out. You know, just howls and and um, we were actually you know we were taping some other episodes for another podcast and I I remember thinking like uh, when we were, we were taping that like when you do these scenes where you, you can just let loose, it must be just so wonderful as an actor. I can only imagine wonderful as an actor to just sort of like. I don't have to play a character. I just need to scream and shout and just let it all out, you know? Yeah. Take every every bad moment you ever had in your life and just yeah. like scream to the heavens. And and that's why I feel like he, he does here. I mean, he does. I mean, I, I looking at him screen, I can feel his pain. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always love it when you, um, when you see someone yelling or you see someone singing, like really belting something out and you get that, yeah. you know, that, cord on their neck popping out and stuff yeah that's when you know like yeah they are they're just giving it 110 percent um and that's why i'm always when i'm trying to see spot someone lip syncing on a show or whatever that's why i look for i look for the if, neck, <laughs> yeah. if, if i'm not seeing any neck cords on those high notes they're faking it they're faking faking fakers so um <laughs> so yeah spot gets up and runs away mm-hmm. um you know Savic runs after him, and we see what, uh, like Doctor Who. <laughs> he's he's now he's changed again, just in running <laughs> across the across the grass here. He's uh he's now uh, we say hello to Spock number four. Yep, Spock four. Um, better better known as Roy's skiing buddy from Better Off Dead. I love that so much. Uh, and, and we're not joking. That is a uh, <laughs> this is the uh, actor playing Spock number four is Joe Davis, and uh, and yeah, the the year after the year after Search for Spock came out, he was he was one of the bad guys uh, <laughs> in, in Better, Better Off, Off Dead. Dead, which I believe was a non non speaking part, much much like this was a non speaking <laughs> part. <laughs> he's he's been typecast, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. And based 
basically now that I know that he was he, he was a bad dude and better off dead, I don't like Spock four. Oh, you don't? No, you don't care for him. <laughs> Let's see. I didn't like Spock two, right? Yeah. Or was this, yeah? Spock two was the heavy breather. Yeah. Um, so okay, so you're not a fan of Spock four. I, I yeah, I don't know if I do or not. I actually, I'm going to say I don't, but it's really uh, based on the next minute. Um, I do like that. Savick Savick helps me as a viewer right understand what just happened because her reaction is like oh my god he's changed yes <laughs> right and Spock, you know Spock 3 and Spock 4 they're not too dissimilar which I guess they wouldn't be they're all supposed to be playing the same guy right uh, but but I do you know I do look at him and go wait a minute is that that's Spock 3 no this is someone else <laughs> you know what I mean you have that moment of right what just happened so how old is this Spock? I think this Spock is supposed to be 25. Okay. And I think the previous one was 17, mm-hmm. 17, 18. Yeah. So we know that Ponfar happens once mm-hmm. every so many years, right? Yep. So, and I think we sort of had this discussion when Ponfar week happened. Mm-hmm. Did he skip over Pon? Like, can you, can you, because of the rapid aging, like, does he just skip a cycle? I I think so. I think we, we did talk about that. I think we yeah. that we theorize that that's probably what happened. Like it could have just happened now, right? We went from seventeen to twenty five, so it's eight years. He just ran, you know, just ran across the field or whatever this, you know, wherever they are. Right. Yeah. It happened in two seconds. So, right. You know, it's no wonder the guy's in pain, right? Ponfar's hard enough. And, uh, yeah. And just you know to be. I guess the Vulcan equivalent of earthquakes and planet, you know, falling apart, you know, having that all inside of you, <laughs> plus not having any, you know, uh, any life experience other than constant pain. Do you think the Vulcans could have marketed this to the, ma- you know, the masses and be like, hey, skip your next pond far, go to Genesis. <laughs> you'll age, you'll age eight to t- eight to fifteen years. You'll skip that next bonfire cycle. It might feel a little bad, but you'll be okay. <laughs> They're taking the cure on Genesis. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be. I I would like to see that. So what do we get? We get, uh, yeah, we get Spock number four just curling up in a ball, and then uh, Kirk running through. The burning forest. Now everything's on fire. Is it the first time we've seen things on yeah. fire? I think so. Yeah. So that that's that can't be good. So yeah, we see the fires, <clears throat> and we see Kirk and crew sprinting through the. You know, I have to wonder how far away they were. You know, how close were they to the group? Because if they're running through all this terrain that's convulsing and surging, uh, mountainous terrain, are they? You know, how can they keep going at top speed? Right. He's not even breathing heavy. <laughs> oh, it's Kirk. Come on. But everybody's keeping up. Yeah, McCoy. McCoy must be. He's older than Kirk, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Kirk just turned 50. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, and then we see... Is that the smoke monster from Lost that we see in the distance? Yeah. What that is that? What are, it's one of those shots where they set it up for you and you're like, whoa. What am I supposed to be seeing here? I, I mean, I, yeah. Obviously, we hear the the screams. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to know that they're looking? I, I don't know. I just find it weird that they they have this one shot of them looking off in the distance, and it's like this. It's just like smoke, right? 
I do love the smoke they, monster theory. Are they hiding on the other side of the smoke? Well, if you look just at the last second, there's, you know, uh, it looks like roots to a tree. Like, you know, really high roots exposed, you know, yep. coming out of the ground. That, that feels a little bit like the... You know, where Savick was sleeping with Spock. Right. You know, we, we never would quite figure out if they're in a cave, if they're under a tree, if they're in the bushes. Mm. You know, so uh, they're, they're, they must be right on top of them. I think they're probably just through that right. that tree thing. Okay. I guess. I guess. But yeah, it, it is. It's right. It's a weird, uh, I'm not sure if that's an establishing shot or what kind of shot that is, but it's like, yeah, what am I supposed to be looking at? What are they trying to convey here? Right. Um, because I don't see anything. It's a good looking shot, though. It doesn't look like it's on a soundstage. No, it doesn't. Yeah. All right. They're almost there, presumably. They are. Do you uh, do you have anything else for this uh, for this minute? Nope, I'm good. All right. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. We'll uh, uh, in the meantime, if you guys want to uh, go check us out uh, online, we are at StarTrekMinute.com, and we're on the social medias, Star Trek Minute on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of days talking about Minute 78 of the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.